This is Pucks in 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. Of all the pods that we have done, this one's going to be different. And the reason why it's different is because we're, what, Vic, T-minus three days away till the trade deadline in the National Hockey League, which happens at the end of this week, Friday, March 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And I'm just going to get this right out off the top of the show. Every time I've done trade deadline coverage, whatever that is, it's always now, hold on, just because it hits three does not mean trades don't trickle in. So for those that don't know that and think, oh, something happened, how can that be? It happened at four. No, it got to the office a little bit late. The transaction was done before three, but then it got out to the media. Anyway, this is going to be different. Going to be fun. Trade deadline heavy with this one. Um, and we're also bringing back a, uh, a segment, Vic. We're not, we're, we're getting rid of the clink hammer. During this, during well, this we're podcast, we're putting the clink hammer on pause. We're on not hold. Drop, we're not going to drop the clink hammer today. I know it's a favorite amongst our listeners, but we're going to give it a, a, a week off. It'll come mm-hmm. back next week, yeah. and we're going to bring back for a, a sophomoric appearance one of our other uh, less used segments, but very apt and apropos. Yes, considering what's going on this week. Yeah. So the trades do trickle in a little faster these days, Ryan, because the fax machines aren't really used anymore. Oh, <laughs> Remember no. back in the day, it'd be like four hours later because oh, somebody's my. fax got jammed yeah. up and then... <laughs> ding, ding, yeah, trying to connect to the internet. Remember so it's that? A little, it's a little yeah. quicker now. <laughs> it's faster. It is faster. So we're going to do that segment. Bahan yes, Bahan knows. We're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the, reason why, the reason why I threw that to you first, because I wanted you to say it, but you didn't clearly. So, on purpose. <laughs> on purpose. And we'll look to the week to uh, come in the NHL as we head toward the deadline. Also, Vix Fantasy 7-2. And we'll take a little bit of a look back to the week that was. Not a ton because, again, this is trade deadline heavy. Uh, let's get out the specifics off the top. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan and Peyton at Victoria Maddish. Vic does great work, busy work, tons of work. Uh, ESPN Fantasy, she is the best at that. And also uh, News Talk uh, station in Toronto, which has been keeping her um, active, among other things, in the last number Many of weeks. Many things is going on recently. Yeah, Many much. things. Too much. Can it slow down? Anyway, I do uh, work for SiriusXM, NHL Network Radio, and also do some work for the uh, hockey writers, Vic, the Seattle Kraken. So I've been covering them and starting to do that. So that's been a lot of fun. Hopefully, it's going to be all it's cracked up to be. Ah, ha, ha, yeah. Ha, ha, okay. Ha, Let's go. Give you that. Uh, give you that one off the top. Okay. Thank you. Week that was trades, 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 trades. Let's begin with the Toronto one. I guess the most recent. Again, there could be some trickling by the time we do this, and by the time it's put out, and all that stuff. So, bear with us. But the Leafs, they're all in. They are. They, it, this is about as clear to me as it has ever been in Toronto, at least with Kyle Dubis. Forget about holding on to draft picks and not trading draft picks, all this type of nonsense. They are all in with this. The O'Reilly trade was one, and now they do another one. Jake McKay and Sam Lafferty with Chicago. Uh, I like the deal. It makes Toronto better. It makes Toronto deeper, and that's what the goal is. The blue line for the Toronto Maple Leafs is stronger today than it was yesterday. That's absolutely for certain. My favorite statistic, and this is thanks to Mark Lazarus of The Athletic, an excellent writer, covers the the Blackhawks beautifully, and he pointed out that the Blackhawks, I believe as a team, five on five, which is most of the time in hockey, is I believe minus 59 so that's their goal differential. Minus 59 and five on five? Five on five, which is okay. terrible. Awful. And with Jake McCabe on the ice, they're plus two. Okay. So that speaks volumes. He's a defensive force. He's one of my favorite fantasy assets. I write about him quite a bit because he blocks shots like a machine. Yeah. He's always in the in the top 20. And, and 
And also, he's out contributing a little bit more on offense than he used to. If you watched him in his days with the Sabres, he was with the Sabres for ages. He's been with Chicago for a little while. He's not exactly a productive force, but I think he right. has 20 points so far this season, which is just a nice bonus. And now Toronto's blue line looks so much better. They have some options. They can move some players in and out of the lineup. And I don't think they're trading anybody. I wouldn't if I was Kyle Dubas because defense is so, so important in the postseason. Yeah. And now, but now they do. And they can play him. He's versatile. They can play him on either and- side. Yeah, and what's also too uh, important, I read Kyle Dubas said that he was interested in him in 2021. He basically talked to him and whatever, poked, uh, picked his brain about different things, and um, he's always been on the radar. And let's not forget too, uh, fans know this, when you get to the postseason, it's one thing to have an offensive moving defenseman, that's great, but you need toughness, and Jake Munson has been that for Toronto in the last few seasons. But this to me, the McCabe thing, is basically putting in for where Muzzin was going to be. But of course, he's not going to be able to do that. And Sam Lafferty as well. This is one of those other parts to the, kind of like the Achari deal, I think, with with the Blues and, and, um, and O'Reilly coming over from St. Louis. This gives Toronto more depth. And what have we talked about with depth with this team? You can have a top-heavy line in any on any team, but you need that second line. Now they have a great second line. You need that third. You need guys on the fourth. You need the P- PK guys kind of thing. So good on Toronto for doing what they're doing. They've been watching what the Lightning has been doing successfully and even (laughs) Boston to a certain degree of bolstering that bottom six with your Blake Coleman's and your Nicholas Paul's and uh, Barkley Goodrow's and these guys who have ended up winning them championships that you do need them. And I think that's what Toronto is trying to do here. And I like it because I I don't, Sam Lafferty is Sam Lafferty. He's fine. I like he's going to get an opportunity and I think that's great. But now it gives some, it gives Kyle Dubas and uh, the coach more, more chances to mess around with that bottom six and see what works in the six weeks leading up to the postseason, yeah. And they might even move somebody in the next three days out of there and have some more options as well, especially if there's a goaltender on the horizon. But we're going to address that in a yeah, second. You're smiling up. a bit. Uh-huh. Well, I think it's an interesting conversation. <laughs> but I do like okay. the move very much. Yeah. And listen, McCabe's not a rental. The Leafs have him right. for two more seasons. And they have him right. because of salary retained by Chicago, $2 million a year. Two million a year for possibly a a top pair, if not top four defensemen. That is a bargoon. Like the O'Reilly trade involving the three teams, right? There was a lot of money that was retained by St. Louis, Minnesota involved in that as well. A lot of these big deals you're seeing, we'll get into some of them as well. A third party seems to be involved in a lot of these ones. And there's probably going to be a third party involved in Patrick Kane whenever he gets The cap concerns just aren't what we thought they were going to be. That's true. That's true. You like the Tampa deal. I love this deal so much. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like what Tampa gave up for Tanner Janot. I like Tanner Janot. Gave up a they lot. Gave up, but they gave up a lot of picks. Uh-huh. You never know what those draft kit picks are going to be. And yes, I know that there's a there's a first round or a second round. Or there's a, like there's several. There's a bucket full of draft picks. I mean, I, I don't, God knows what else Brisewa gave up. You know, not not off the record or anything. But I think if he could have, he would have mortgaged his house and done whatever because it just looks like <laughs> he was all in on this guy. Yeah. And it's interesting because Tanner Janot was such an asset with Nashville in his first rookie season. He just did all of it. He scored. He's a he's a banging guy. He's he's a little rude out there. He earns some penalties, but in the best way. He's intimidating. He hits. He's just a full package, and he's been such a disappointment in Nashville this year. I don't think that he was been used properly. And I said this right. earlier in earlier weeks. And now here's a fresh start on the third line, probably the best third line ongoing in the league because Tampa just moves the bodies in and out and always makes some magic there. So now he's going to have the opportunity to play with Nicholas Paul and play with Ross Colton and perhaps uh, battle for a Stanley Cup, at least have a better chance at it than he did 
with um, the national predators. I like it a lot. And 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 Tampa's ticked. They 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 want the cup back. They want they it back. <laughs> they, 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 they want three and four. So they're not just going to sit around and, and, and watch what happens. I think um, Julian Breesbaugh said it best. He's like, look, yeah, there's, su- there's things as overpay, and this is probably an overpay. It's fine, but this is what you have to do to get things done and to make it work in the NHL. For what they give, gave up, Nashville getting, just let me say this before you jump in, they get Calfoot, uh, conditional first round pick in 25, second rounder 24, third, fourth, fifth, and the 23. So I'm with you. That's a ton of picks. So on paper, for somebody just looking at one thing, thinking, wow, that's a lot of bodies going to one team to get this body back, fine. But there's only Cal Foot that you know about at this point in time. So you don't know if those picks will result in anything. And if the Tampa Bay Lightning win their third cup in four years in their fourth appearance in the Stanley Cup final, if they actually win, do you think Tampa Bay Lightning fans are going to care? No. No, they're not. <laughs> not at would all. Would you? I wouldn't. No. no, it's about winning the cup. As a long-suffering fan of my own particular team, uh-huh. I give it all away for the next 40 years to have one shot at it. So, I mean, and that's now you're, you would be considered a dynasty. If Tampa right. wins this year, that's it. Three or four, you are a dynasty and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's always free agency. There's always things no, that you can do. There's different so. ways. Yeah. There, there's different things and ways you can go about getting whoever you, you feel like getting. I also uh, love, in addition, I mean, another one that made headlines. What do you think of the um, Timo Meyer to Jersey trade? Listen, Timo Meyer's been what? He's been at the top of the trade list for many weeks now. I know Kane's up there too. And the fact that he's still in Chicago just blows my mind. Anyway, he's going to be gone. He has to be gone. We'll get into that later on. But uh, I like it. And this is a devil's team who they've been great from the get-go. They really have. And I remember at some point you and I were talking about, I think they went into a tiny bit of a funk, not a massive funk, but we were saying, okay, is this sustainable? Are there, or is this just kind of a one-year thing where the Devils play great for two, three, four months and then they come back down to earth? No, they're not. They're going to be there at the end and at least in the beginning of the postseason. But I like it. It was a lot to give up. Four players, three draft picks, same kind of thing as we just talked about with the Nashville trade. But at the end of it, you have uh, also two with this. It's about re- the the, the re- retainment of salary. San Jose is retaining 50% of the... You know how big this is? How big teams retaining salaries of key players and stars? I think Timo Myers is a star. I do. I really do. But going to other teams, that is what makes things work in this day and age of the cap. But I like it. I really do. It's a great pickup by the Devils. I'm very interested to see what kind of magic he can make. I hope that they put him alongside Heischer on the top line. I know they're also considering putting him alongside Jack Hughes. But I really want to see him with Heischer and Dawson Mercer, who has just been sizzling hot lately, and see what that top... That top line could now be a top line. No offense to Thomas Tatar, but Timo Meyer is not Thomas Tatar. And in the best way possible. So it's it's just adding that little bit. I looked at that trade with all the names down the side. Oh my and goodness. It just gave me a headache. I'm yeah. like, okay, I know him and I know him. Okay. And I'm you know, flipping through the internet. <laughs> Who else yeah. are they getting? Yeah. Who's going where? <laughs> Who are these guys? And you know what's also yeah. crazy with, with this deal? Is that all the picks, you know, some of them are contingent on say the devils do this and they make it. That is about a full paragraph and a half. And you're looking at that thinking, oh my goodness. So San Jose's looking at, okay, if they get to here, if they get to here, what does that mean for our picks? And anyway, I like the Devils. I like it a lot. And I've always liked Timo Meyer. I, I, I think that he's been underrated. And this is with due respect to San Jose. I just think he's not been in the market that will 
elevate his his status if that if that makes sense uh but he's with the devils and this whole eastern conference thing vic every single time we you know we were doing this now every sadly, day sadly it a, does help for exposure to play on does. the east coast it should i know it's a time zone thing too we don't on the east coast it's much right. harder to watch the games out west whereas if you're out west you can watch all of it but speaking about west we were expecting Vegas to do something. Yes, yes. No Mark Stone nope. going forward, at least for the foreseeable future. Hopefully he can come back for the postseason, but that is still very much up in the air. We're yeah. not sure what's going on there. I was sort of hoping that Patrick Kane would land there to play with Jack Eichel, just just to see what it would look like. Just because? Just to see what would happen. Just because. <laughs> Honestly, uh-huh. just because. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm, I'm not a fan or anything, but just to see the two American right. players play, play together and see yeah. whatever magic they could come up with. But... As we know, Patrick Kane, again, we'll get to him in a bit, but they picked up Ivan Barbashev instead, and I quite like this move a lot also. It's a tight race in that Pacific. Vegas and LA and Edmonton uh, separated by only four points between first and third in that division. The Kings, again, they're a minus one. I know we talk about this every week, the fact that they're in second with a minus one. Anyway, that's besides the point. I like it too. You knew Vegas was going to make a move, so the deal was Barbashev uh, by the Blues to Vegas for a prospect, his name Zach Dean, but 29 points, 59 games this season. He had 60 points in 81 games last season. So uh, he is also part of this deal, which I like with for Vegas, for example, and you got to talk about it being a financial one as well, because that's what it is in this cap era. Not that it wasn't before, but it's more so in this cap era. He's in the last year of a contract. So whenever you get these last year things, you think, is he a pure rental? But McCrimmon was saying that he is interested in maybe signing him to a longer term deal, which for Barbashev, hey, I would love to play in Vegas. Why not? Let's do it. Let's see what that can that can happen. But I'm with you. But again, Vic comes back to the blues and they're just like giving up players because they're a disaster. So you got to feel for St. Louis in this one, but it's the season they're having. It is the season they're having. I like I like the whole fresh start opportunity though. It's very much the same theme theme with Tanner Janot. It's the theme with Barbashev because he did have a banger of a season last year and yeah, he just he hasn't been the same player this year as well. And then speaking of fresh starts, also not a St. Louis Blues member, but a member of the Na- another member of the Nashville Predators, Nino Niederreiter is the latest member of the Winnipeg Jets. And if you have seen him give an interview so far, he hasn't Mm -hmm. played yet. He's playing for the first time on Tuesday night. He is grinning ear to ear. And it's very interesting because the way that he categorized, he explained how the deal actually went down to Sarah Orleski, who works for the Jets. I was actually on the the bus right after practice and then coach brought me up in front and had to talk with the GM and then got to know that I got traded. So it's kind of like always that part is... The emotional part is kind of tough because you walk right back in the, team, in the bus and you see all the guys, they ask him questions, what's, what just happened? And and then always when you get traded, it's like the mixed feeling. I'm super excited to be here, obviously having a chance to play with a contender. And then the other side, all the teammates, you kind of have to leave behind. It's kind of like the, the tough part, but it's uh, it's been quite the day. Talk about a fresh start, right? Talk about somebody who is is impressed and happy that he has been traded to the Winnipeg Jets. I love this deal. I've always been a fan of his. It's too bad that they weren't able to keep him in Nashville. Not that they weren't able to keep him, but he was traded because I did think that he would be there for a long time. Uh, I think he becomes a free agent after next season. I think he has one year left on his contract. Something like that. Um, this, is a, this is a good move for the Jets. And the Jets and Dallas, they've been 1-2 in that division for what? For pretty much the entire season. And the Jets have been slumping at least. Actually, you know what? They've been 1-2, but the Jets have dropped down. They've dropped down to the wild card spot. So 
that that put more pressure, I think, on the Jets' management to make some sort of move as they're dropping. They don't want to drop too too much further down. I like the deal. Do you like the deal? I do, especially after losing Cole Perfetti. I think that just changed yeah, yeah. the whole landscape of the top six. If they don't lose Cole Perfetti, I think maybe they make an addition, but maybe not him. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. But under the current circumstances, and now hopefully you can get to the postseason, and I think Winnipeg Jets are still in a good position to reach that then you have Cole Perfetti and you have Nino Niederreiter. What I like about him is he he loves fresh starts. He was traded once midseason before from Minnesota to Carolina. It was mm-hmm. about four years ago. And he absolutely erupted when he joined the Hurricanes. I think it was 30 points in yeah. 36 games. I remember that. I remember that. 14 of them goals because yeah, he yeah. likes to score. He loves to yeah. score the greasy ones. He already promised to Sarah Oleski of the Jets that he was going to score some greasy goals right away while he was smiling again ear to ear. (laughs) And he's going to play with Nikolai Ehlers, probably Pierre-Luc Dubois for now if he's Mm -hmm. healthy enough. And uh, I think he's, I think he is honestly going to finish this season with a bang and he's a, he's a big body. He likes to bang around and I think he's going to make Rick Bonus very happy in the short term. I don't know about long term and I don't even know about in the postseason, but in the short term, I think he's going to do well there. Nashville, uh, going into Tuesday, they won three in a row, but they sit fourth in that wild card race, 64 points. So they're a number of points back, eight points back at third place, Minnesota. You're, you're not grinning. I don't you know, know what, what that case is, but it's know, something. The only thing that confused me about what he said that we just mm-hmm. listened to mm-hmm. was he said he was happy to be joining a contender. There's only a handful of points separating Nashville and Winnipeg right but now. But you know what? That's really telling. How he many doesn't times think have, they're going to be in it. I don't think they're going to be in it either. I don't think they're a contender. I think it's very refreshing that he said that. You and I have talked about Nashville and thinking, okay, what is that team? We've been doing this for weeks, for weeks, and, and they still we have. Yeah, and, and so, so that to me is, you know what, Nino, I agree with you, and good on you. No one that was a you know big big uh, slap to Nashville, but at the I don't same think time, he meant it though. No, I, I think I, in his head, he just he's, he's it's a feeling. Yeah, it's a feeling that he yeah. thinks Winnipeg has a better shot. And I just thought that was interesting because many people still haven't ruled Nashville out. Now, they've been shipping players out, so maybe we should well, start thinking about that. You think? But <laughs> it's uh, they're just still, they're, they're a team built for the playoffs. And it's just interesting to be already having that conversation. We're still in February, last day, but we're already ruling Nashville out. I just found it interesting. <laughs> well, one of their former players is definitely. Yeah. So I, I thought that was curious. Evgeny Dadanov traded to Dallas by Montreal for Denis Gurianov. So you got Dadanov and Gurianov. I'm not going to say that 10 times fast. I'll get confused. <laughs> Montreal retains 50% of that contract. Dadanov in the final season of that three-year deal he signed with Ottawa in 2020. So look, um, Montreal's not going anywhere. They're going to be playing golf in the next two months, whatever that is. Dallas needed something, kind of like these other teams too in that division, and they made this deal. It's no risk, no harm, no foul yeah, nothing, for either side. Yeah. Gurianov, I mean, Dallas tried. This guy was supposed to be excellent. He's shown some signs. He's never been consistently good enough. He's never lived up to expectations. So ship him out of there. Throw him on the top line with the Canadians under no pressure whatsoever. Yeah, and see let's, what see what, let's see what he can do. Right? Yeah. So there's that opportunity. Dadanov hasn't been the same since he left Florida. He was also, he was productive back then when he first came over. Let's see if this, this is a new jolt and now he's with the team that is still charging towards postseason. I mean, they're stumbling right now, but they yeah. certainly need somebody. They needed somebody on the wing up there in the top six. So let's give them a go. If it doesn't work out for other side, Ryan, it doesn't matter. It no. just doesn't matter because no. it wasn't working this, the other way either. This is a low risk, high reward, right? And if it doesn't, the reward isn't high, then that's fine. You know the Dadanoff, I was looking at this, that he was traded to the Canadians by Vegas 
for Shea Weber, June 16th. And prior to the 22 deadline, he was traded by Vegas to Anaheim for John Moore, Ryan Kessler. He's been traded for some pretty specific players over the last few seasons. I'm just saying it's you have that one guy who's traded for Shea Weber, Kessler, all that type of stuff. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there and see what happens with him. Um, Boston, best team all season long. And you know, this is the thing. I'm always one, and this is why being an armchair GM is fine. Uh, Boston's seen Tampa do some moves. Boston's seen Toronto do some moves, those three teams in the East. When it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's kind of the mentality I have with a lot of things. So when there's nothing wrong with Boston. Boston's been great from the get-go, and I think they will be fine. But just because you're the top team in the league when the playoffs begin does not mean that you will be successful. But with Boston, there's no reason to think that they won't. However, if you have a chance to get even better, then go out and do it. That's what they did. I just think it's hilarious that, you know, Tampa and Toronto are making these moves to try and keep pace with the best team in the NHL. And then Boston goes and adds one of the best defensemen in the Eastern Conference (laughs) in Dimitri Orlov, who I didn't even think was available. Not really. And Hathaway is a bonus on in their bottom six as well. But adding Orlov to a defense, I know we were hearing there's uh, some rumors about some other defenders, but uh, to his quality, and of course he scored two assists in his last game for Boston, because yeah. of course he did. So now they're stronger than ever. Jake Debresk is back ha- healthy. I mean, their goaltender is scoring goals. We'll talk about that in our next segment. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I, it's almost like I was actually talking to another radio host in the last 24 hours and he brought up, he's like, are they just, spending it all now is it one of those they get to the post tease season and they fizzle well i don't think so <laughs> no <laughs> when the goalie is scoring right <laughs> but that was his point everything is going tickety-boo right now yeah. so is it going are they going to fall off a cliff but if you look at the personnel and you look at the way they're coached jim montgomery is annoying me because he's still talking with so much humility every damn day okay, hold on why is he why is he because annoying you? humility is a beautiful thing yeah he's just Oh, oh we're just, stop. you know, we're playing, we're playing the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, they're a really rough team. You're the best team in the <laughs> NHL. Hey. And it's great. I think he's very smart. Right. I think it's incredibly he, smart. It's a great approach. It's also very annoying. He is not, I can tell, <laughs> note to self, mm. lose the humility. No. Um, he is, yeah, he is, uh, he, he's keeping it here. And if people yeah. can see, he's not as much as everybody else in Boston and fans are, they're already played per, um, probably planning the parade route already. I love it. He's keeping it intact, keeping everybody on the because the goal is the cup. You're you're a great team, but you're ways away. Very quickly too, Barry Trotz. A lot of rumors that he was going to be coming back to coach, but he's not coming back to coach. But look, he's back in Nashville. David Poyle um, stepping down. Was that surprising to you at yes. all, David? Poyle? I thought Barry Trotz wanted one one more kick at the coaching can. I'm not surprised mm-hmm. that he. I, this is a move I thought he was going to make eventually. I know he's they still live it. Him and his family still live in. Tennessee. Yeah, right. They really like it there. I'm not surprised. I just thought this was going to be the next step after the next step. I thought he wanted one more kick. I know he has a cup. I really think he wanted to win a second one or at least try with another team. And he was, you know, looking around at opportunities there. Also, he has no management experience, really. No. no. So it's a it's it's interesting. I do like the fact there's a transitional period here, so he can learn a little bit from one of the best in the business in David Poyle. Yeah. And he's gonna have um the opportunity to, you know, you know, work with him in the meanwhile. I know the contract doesn't kick in until July, but still. So I think it's an interesting move, but I was surprised. I thought he wanted uh, one more too. shot. Yeah, you were as well. I, I was. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think that he would. When I saw the name, I thought, oh, 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 oh no. Okay, 
uh, interesting. Right. But uh, he said, look, uh, he looked at different options and he thought that a change was needed. Good on him. And there's that relationship, too, with the Poyle and Trots way back in 97. Poyle's been there forever, and that was the Nashville's first coach. So there's been that. Can I guarantee you they were they've been chatting off and on for months? Of course they have. About if this was if this was going to happen. Anyway, trade deadline coming up on Friday, uh, March third at three Eastern time. And again, when we do this again next week on Monday, we'll have a lot more to talk about. I'm sure when it comes to the trades, we have a lot more to come as well on this podcast. We'll talk about McDavid. We'll go back to yeah, the Almar goal. Can Boston just do something wrong for a change? Well, as of right now, they're not. Bucks and Seven, Ryan Payne, Victoria Matiash. We will be right back. Welcome back to Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. This is Pucks and Seven, Ryan Payton, Victoria Matiash. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan M. Payton at Victoria Matiash. Coming up, we of course will. Uh, you said it off the top of the show. We're doing, I don't know what you said, sophomore something about the segment. You called it a sophomore with It's a Bohan. sophomore appearance because we've only appearance, been there once okay. before. Right. Right? So it's not I, the rookie appearance. I think you sophomore. said some name. Well, yeah, sophomoric. when I edit this, sophomoric, yes, that's yeah. it. You always have at least one show. Well, at least once of those, one of those um, words you, you put in when we do these shows. So we're going <laughs> to do of that. Those, one of those crazy words. One of those things. <laughs> we're going to go into uh, Bohan Yes and Bohan No. Stay tuned for that. It's a lot of fun. And we're going to talk trades who's who's gonna go what we're making predictions will. we're making we're predictions. deciding yeah. where people are gonna go and whether anybody listens to us or not that's their business yes week to come after that in vix fantasy seven of course we'll end with that but let's go back to some of the moments from the week that was again we went heavy off the top because it's the trade deadline coming up everybody knows that on friday march 3rd so we talked about some deals that have already been consummated and they've gone down but we cannot not talk about the week that was vic without connor mick david reaching 50 goals on the season it's really impressive. I mean, it's uh, to say that it's just it's an understatement. I'm going to be the only human being on the planet to uh, find fault with the whole scenario, and Uh-oh. this is it. Oh, hold on. What? The 50 goals are amazing. Uh-oh. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> he's the best player we've seen in decades, uh-huh. easily, if not uh-huh. ever. Uh-huh. Sorry, Gretzky fans and Lemieux fans, but um, the 50 goals already. Even it, we're still in February. It's insane. He's going to score 75. The whole thing is just ridiculous. They're interviewing him after hold on, he hold on, scored. Hold on, you're 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 saying seventy five? Well, I don't know. I just threw a number out. It's, it's okay. Isn't there a third of the season? No, maybe not seventy five. Seventy though. I think seventy. He, he's on pa- he's on pace for sixty seven. Seventy yeah, is a possibility. So seventy seventy is a possibility. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. But when he was being interviewed uh-huh. after having scored his fiftieth, because he scored two against Boston on Monday yeah. night, yeah, he was mopey. So he's being interviewed in between periods, but it's but it's <laughs> his team is down by a goal, uh-huh. and he's uh-huh. not winning the game. I get it. You're the consummate team player. Good on you, bud. The wins count. The Ws count more than anything else. I understand that. Could you just be happy for two seconds that you've reached this incredible milestone? Because we're all. Why do I care? Why am I happier? about Connor McDavid scoring 50. I'm not even an Oilers fan. Then he is. Then he is. Why am I more excited? Throw us a bone, Connor, for crying out loud. Fake it. I don't care. You've got a period to go. By the way, they didn't win that game. They lost it 3-2. Besides the point, you're allowed to go, that was pretty kick-ass. That was awesome. (laughs) But now we got to get back to the business of winning this hockey game. You Uh can do both. But seriously, he was mopey. He was scowling. Okay, let me throw this back to you then. I figure that he's always mopey. That he's always scowling. I honestly think he's not a good interview. He's not. 
Even when all the, even the commercials he's on, the one with Gretzky on the Zamboni, he was probably told to scowl because he was going to race Gretzky on a, on a, I'm with you with that. Totally agree. It's not taking anything away from what he does on the ice. Nothing can, no one can. It's absolutely sensational, mind-blowing, insert word before you raise your eyebrows and think, oh my gosh, he did something else again. But I'm with you with that. Maybe, maybe this again is part of his thing where he is saying, I don't care about all these accolades. My team has not gone far in the postseason the way I've wanted them to. Okay, <sighs> she huffs. My team. I'm not making an excuse for him. I'm just saying maybe what's in his mind. I'm going to get you yeah, so mad yeah, at me. Yeah. We're done. Podcast is over. <laughs> Vic's leaving. No, but I, I get it. I get it. So okay. So let me ask you then. What what if what if this happened with Austin Matthews? I guarantee you, it would be the same thing. I think you get a little bit more. A little bit more, but I not think you get a little bit more, but not much. Uh, I'm not asking him to be a chuckle fest here, okay? All I want is something a little bit more. I, we watch the NBA, and when there's a player who has uh, a really killer individual performance, right. they enjoy it, and we enjoy it with them. And it's same in even MLB and, and in the NFL. And this whole team first mentality is killing the sport in the NHL. It's not killing the sport, but it's definitely smothering a little bit. It's and I would a damper just like on to it. see it's putting a damper on it. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I would just like to see a little bit more personal celebration. That's all. Even if you need to fake it. But anyways, he's a fierce competitor he is a scowly guy he i would still love him on my team forevermore and i do like it when he represents my country on the international stage but still anyways that's my one criticism what do you think about k andre miller spitting on drew doughty <laughs> oh that's a segue <laughs> it wasn't it was horrible there was yeah. absolutely no middle ground there at all one quick one before we leave mcdavid i can't right. wait to have this podcast with you when he hit 60 and hear the reaction when he hit 60 uh, and the team's losing 4-1 to anaheim oh yeah <laughs> right Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Here's the thing about the Keandre Miller thing. And uh, I saw the moment and then, of course, the video had it. Then when the ref went to center ice for spitting. Okay. Wow. Number one, there's there's nothing that needs to be said about spitting in, in anyone's face because it's just... It's assault. It's assault. Leave it at that. Uh, if you're if you don't have any brains at all then you and you think that that's right, then something is uh, wrong with you. Here's the thing with him, and I'm going to say this the first time I saw the video. And this is not after hearing what he said after the game. And even since then, I don't think he did it on purpose. The video that I saw, the first thing I thought about was, okay, that, that was not meant to, it was not meant to be that. And it, it came out, no pun intended, looking like that, obviously, but just to see the face and his reaction before it happened, I just truly do feel that he did not mean to do that. However, it did happen. And he's apologized and he's going to get spoken to by the league, which obviously he should. And also too, Drew Doughty, it wasn't like he went ballistic after Vic. If you looked at it, if somebody does that on purpose and we've seen it happen on the ice, that person goes to quote you bananas and he didn't do that. So I'm going to give him not the benefit of the doubt. I do believe that he did not mean to do that on purpose. I actually agree with you 100%. I really thought you were going to take it a different a different tact here. So I'm a little disappointed because I was oh, sorry. getting myself <laughs> okay. all riled up. Okay, let's do this I, again I, and no, I'll take it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually agree with yeah. you. At first glance, when I first saw it, I was outraged. I was okay. also very disappointed because I really like Keandre Miller yes, as a hockey yes. player. And I think he's going to be great in this league for a very long time. And I'm rooting for him. Just the star defensemen are few and far between. And I enjoy them when they come out. 
after listening to him and after watching the replay myself, just as you all said, it looks like he spit. He definitely spit. Hockey he did. players are spitting constantly. All the time. There are some of them. Even I play beer league and I, I would never spit anywhere else, but I'm still like very gently spitting somewhere, not in anybody's <laughs> face, obviously. You're, you're just can, you're full of moisture. Stop I can just it. see you. Go, hold on. Stop it. Going, in, going, going to the corner, looking around to see if anyone's <laughs> looking and then... Let me, I'm just, I'm not hawking loogies is my point. (laughs) So, but you're, you're full of moisture and your mouth fills up and you're just, you're spitting constantly. So I think he spit and I don't think he meant to spit in Drew Doughty's face. I believe him when he says he didn't mean to, he has no history of acting like this. No, no. So I, then benefit of the doubt is one thing. I'm also just giving him the mulligan also. And I'm going to believe him on this because everybody else does, including Drew Doughty. I still think you're responsible for your spit as you, the same way you're responsible for the, your elbow the same way you're responsible for your stick. So I think he has to be punished a little wee bit. He will be still did it. What do you think? A game? A game? I think I, I think a game. I think a game because I any think if less it's, the, than a it, game, and then somebody else yeah. can spit and go. Well, what's the big deal? Yeah, yeah. I think I think you need to give him a game. I think that kind of sucks for him a little bit, but it is still a singular game. And I think then we can all move on and accept the fact that this was just a really gross accident. I'm with you. So, what angle did you think I was going to say that he did it on purpose? I thought you were going to be really disgusted, oh. honestly. <laughs> and I thought, and I thought you wouldn't have believed him as much okay okay that he didn't mean it so yeah very odd because when i first saw it i thought hold on i just don't think the intent the intent you're just, was there you're big on manners this is not a criticism it's a compliment but manners right. are very important to you and spitting in people's faces pretty much goes against any book of manners and etiquette that i've come across yes so i just yeah. thought <laughs> you might have an issue with that <laughs> next time maybe i will uh, Craig Berube has an issue, Vic, with some of his high-paid uh, players. So in case you missed it, again, St. Louis is, they're just, uh, it's awful. What's going on with the team? They take on Seattle uh, tonight, Tuesday, try to get back on track, but the team is losing, losing, losing. And now Craig Berube has lost all confidence in his top-paid players. And here is what he said after one of the losses, I believe, last Thursday against the Vancouver Canucks. A lot of our best players not doing the job. I don't know. You have to ask them, Jim. I guess they don't care about the team. I don't know. Not you, sure why. You, you you've talked a lot about uh, effort and compete level. I'm guessing you, you didn't see that in nearly enough guys tonight, right? No. Handful of guys. That's it. Goalie for sure. Your young guys. Do you feel like they're giving you what you're looking for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me throw it to you. Anytime this happens, and we've we've heard a lot of this stuff from John Tortorella over the years, if it's high-paid players, whatever it is, he calls people out. Anytime this has, happens, one of two things I think about. Number one, does this do any good? And number two, is it even worth saying anything? What do you think? I think this was very a very genuine reaction from Craig Berube. Okay. And I don't think that's necessarily always true when coaches come out and rip their teams publicly. I think a lot of it is performative. I don't think this was performative at all. I thought this was just, he was very frustrated with his team. I mean, listen, look at our lineup sheet, Ryan. It's This segment is called St. Louis's Toast. Yes. Right? Because yep. St. Louis is indeed toast. They've since, yep. since they've now lost five in a row. And at that point, they, I think it was four <laughs> or just, yep. they're, not, they're not doing very well. And I don't see the effort out there either. Now, I, I don't blame him because I don't think he, Craig 
Berube has anything to lose at this point. And I think he was speaking genuinely because to call it, this was a big yikes for me. This was calling out specific players. I mean, Robert Thomas took it very personally. He for did. not caring. Yeah. That is the worst insult you can lay on, especially we were just talking about Connor McDavid yeah. and what a team centric sport this is. Right. So to right. suggest that you don't care. I mean, that's the ultimate insult, right? I agree, but he said the goalie cares though, right? We're not going to get into that. <laughs> I have I have very strong Jordan Bennington thoughts, and I, I don't think I he do cares too. all the time. I so don't think he does. Just... I think he rarely does. I'll even go so, a step further, <clears throat> a step but, further than um, you. But I thought, I, I genuinely thought after that speech, I thought the Blues were going to come out like a bat out of the oven, yeah. just absolutely ripping the Penguins but you to know shreds what? in their next meeting, and they didn't. They yeah. lost. And exactly. I think what happened was when Tarasenko was dealt... And when O'Reilly was dealt, that was Achari the end of it. too. Achari yep, as well. That that was the end of it. And they have no motivation to do anything else but get through the final twenty whatever games they have left. Uh, that's it. That's, oh, they're not coming back from this. this no, 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 no. I know. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm like the Kraken, who I still think have a shot at, at it. And I know, yeah, I mean, they're very close. This is the West Coast team, very close to your heart, Ryan. Yes. And the Kraken have come off a very, very bad week. But on our lineup sheet, we don't say. Or we don't, it doesn't read the Kraken or Toast because there is the potential for redemption ahead. There is. It's going to be tough. And I think what everyone's waiting for is Seattle just to not throw in the towel, but just to kind of get completely out of the playoff picture. Because going into Tuesday, they have 70 points, second in the wild card. So when you look at the division, they're only two back at Edmonton. They're four back of LA and six back of Vegas. They have a game in hand, at least one on each of those teams, which is fine. But then... You look structurally speaking, Vegas and the LA Kings and Edmonton are the stronger of the teams. Calgary, a little bit other ways back as well. But the inconsistency with the club, that's the issue. So the week before last, the team had was able to get seven out of eight points. And then last week, they didn't get anything out of six. So if you're going to try to maintain, and this also for me, and for any team going through this, this kind of roller coaster last couple of weeks and things, is what's that going to do for Ron Francis, DM? Is he, okay, well, one week, the seven of eight, do I have to tweak the team? Well, no, no, oh, hold on a second. We didn't get anything, yada, yada, yada. And they have games coming up this week that I do think, and you, I think you agree, that this is going to be, really be a determining factor if they end up in the postseason by the time April hits. I really do, because they have games, that winnable games that they can have, but they got the Blues, for example, winnable. They have Detroit, that's going to be tough. Uh, Columbus, they should win. They should win. And then they have Colorado, the red hot avalanche. So this to me is a massive week. And if you don't get off on the right foot against the St. Louis blues tonight at teams that's reeling that we just talked about, then I think tonight for me, will set the tone for the rest of the week. Now I, I agree with you hundred percent. It will. They have to beat the blues on Tuesday. There's no question of that. I think Ron Francis gets a pass no matter what, because there's no star players on this team. No, fair so, enough. But yeah, so I agree. He's still going to get a pass. And the fact they're even competing for a wild card spot is already a win right. for this franchise. That's still only in his second season. And my other point is the only, the only team that's catching them is the Calgary flames. Right. Cause we don't think Nashville will, will anymore. We've just discussed how St. Louis is burnt bread. Vancouver isn't. And then it just gets worse. Arizona, blah, blah, blah. After no, that. No. So it, unless the Calgary flames go on a heater, which they could, I think otherwise Seattle is safe. I think they're going to get smoker doodled in the first round. Whenever yes. they're playing in the first round, I think it's done, but right. I think they are going to make their first postseason appearance, but you're right. The next six weeks are important and starting this not in not only this week but tonight as you mentioned against St. Louis. 
the the flames are not going to go on a heater. I'm just going to say that right now. I wonder. I really do. It's it's. I'm not going to say wonder. it's too late, but it's just. I, I don't it's think not that's too happening. late. Okay. It's not too late, but they have to turn themselves around mentally, and yeah. we'll see. What about the Avalanche? How about them Avalanche? The only team right now, uh, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to also say Vegas has been playing better lately as they well have. in the West. They have. Mm-hmm. But Colorado have, I think it's they've won six in a row now. Six in a row. And they're doing it with one goaltender, yeah. essentially. It's it's all Georgiev. And they still are doing it without a, a proper, no offense to JT Comfort, without a proper second line center. But nope. they are rolling and it's quiet and nobody's talking about it. And they haven't even made a deadline move yet. And I think they will. I think they're going to add somebody and they're going to be a little bit stronger. And then Cam McCarr is going to be healthy again. And again, once again, we're going to be talking about them in the postseason, charging towards perhaps the Stanley Cup final. They added Jack Johnson. To come, okay. Which, well, which, I mean, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'm just, it's something. It's they something, need a warm right? body on the blue line. It's yes. a body. And, and yeah, Jack Johnson knows the organization, exactly. and they know him. So and it's, it's a very comfortable thing. Yeah, but Jack Johnson is not going to. He's not the make or break player. No, no, no. They're no. still going to add somebody else, and I'm very interested to see who that is. Not only has this team won six in a row, they won fourteen of eighteen. So they're four, <laughs> fourteen of eighteen, and I, I remember looking at the standings and keep an eye on us because we talk about the standings whenever we do this. And you just got the sense, okay, now they're creeping up. Now they're they're two points back from Dallas and on top of the Central. And one point ahead of Minnesota. So guess what? The defending cup champions are coming. So I cover, out. you know, you you and I both cover this sport yeah. every single day. Yeah. We do something in the something. realm of this sport every single day. And almost every single day, I'm like, ooh, look at the Malvalanche. And the next day, <laughs> wow, look, they won again. How's right? about that? You know, yeah. it's just, just not, they're not getting any attention at all. They're just no. winning. That's you, it. You just wait. You just wait till the postseason. That's what they're thinking right now. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think they'll probably do something else. Uh, Johnson one is just a little familiar piece by the time the deadline hits coming up on Friday. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll come back. And yes, Bahan yes or Bahan knows. We're going to take it. <laughs> see, you're you're going to lead us in for this next one. You're going to say it before me. But we're going to take a look at some players, teams, whatever that we think could be on the move or may not be on the move. And if teams will make moves, we'll just give you kind of our predictions on that. Bucks and Seven, Ryan Payne, Victoria Madiash. We'll be back. Welcome back to Pucks and 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Madiash. Ryan has been waiting for this segment, not only all show, yeah. but for weeks now. Because I don't. I think the last time we did this segment was in November. I think so. It's our prediction-driven segment where we decide whether something is going to happen or not and why. And uh, it's uh, classically called, it's named for one of the Toronto Maple Leafs of yore, who we still appreciate. Bahan knows, or Bahan yes. Lonnie Bahanas. <laughs> there it is. Should I give a quick little intro as to who Lonnie Bahanas is, or what? He played for the Maple Leafs, and he was all right. How about that? He did. Yeah, he had, uh, in 98-99, he had nine points in nine playoff games. Nine points, nine playoff games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There and we that go. Was, I actually do remember that, believe it or not. So uh, we're going to go through. We went through the trades that have already been consummated. Yes. And now we're going to look at some that haven't but are rumored to occur and yeah. whether we think they're going to happen. Um, yes or no. But more specifically, Bahan yes or Bon Bahan no. So we're going to try and not stumble <laughs> yeah. every single time we say uh-huh. that. I'll take we'll it from here. W- okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's open with the softball one because I think we both think this is going to happen. Patrick uh, King going to the Rangers, Bahan yes or Bahan nos? Bahan yes. I mean, it has to. It's There's going to be a third party involved. The fact that Patrick Kane is still in Chicago is it boggles my mind. Uh, he wanted to, to go to the um, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs for one. He wanted to go to the Rangers originally. So it has to get done. And I was looking at some of the specifics. You basically need that third party to retain 25% of the salary if you can. Chicago's willing to part with 50% of it, which is a no-brainer to me. So yeah, Patrick Kane will be traded to the Rangers, Bohan, yes. I'm Bohan, yes, as well. I think it's just a matter of paperwork at this point. I think they're checking they're checking the boxes, the crosses, the T's, so and they're dotted Why has this eyes. taken so long? It makes no sense, Vic. It makes no sense to me. I don't know. Anyway. But it's going to be soon enough. He's not playing again Tuesday night. So, I mean, they obviously right. he's on the move somewhere. All right. Second one. This one, a little less obvious, I believe. And if you ask the player himself, he certainly has strong opinions about it. Eric Carlson, who we all thought was going to be moved easily the last couple of months and yet still remains a member of the San Jose Sharks. Does he get moved, Ryan, before the trade deadline? Bahan yes or Bahan nos? Bahan nos. Because there's just no time right now left. Mike Greer is essentially saying, we haven't asked him to waive the no move, no trade. It's getting late, three dates to go. Carlson with the clip, he's like, well, they haven't asked. So basically, my my thought is, is that it's too late unless they're blown away by a last minute deal. But I don't think he gets moved. So it's Bahal knows for me. And, and Eric Carlson himself agrees with you as he uh, spoke yes. to just the other day. That's never been, uh, uh, you know, raised to me. Uh, and I think it would be, I think it would be weird if he comes now with three days left uh, to ask me to waive my new move. Uh, you know, we've had plenty of time for that if, if that was the case. So. Uh, I'm not too worried about anything. I'm just here to play hockey and uh, enjoy my time. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Just because? Just because. Okay. And I think my Greer approaches him and says, we've got the sweet deal coming over and you're going to have the opportunity to play with a contender and at least for a short period of time and compete for a cup. And this is your opportunity. And I'm sorry we left this to the last minute, but like my brother buying Christmas presents for the entire family. <laughs> but do you, would you agree to this particular thing? And I think Eric Carlson is going to have, he's going to have a bit of a temper tantrum about it internally, but then he's going to say yes, because he wants to compete for a Stanley cup. He's mad about not playing in the postseason once again. How? And I think he wants to. How has there not been an offer of significance? I don't know if there has been, who knows, but how, based on what you just said, how has Mike Greer not gone to him already and asked him to waive that clause to say, look, this is a potential. This is he saying, I'm not going to waive it until I get Carlson saying, I'm not going to do that until I see some offer that is going to blow me out of the water. I said, I'm just playing devil's advocate. You can stop throwing logic in my face. Thank you very much, Ryan Payton. Just okay. run with it. <laughs> okay. Of Jacob, course you're right. Of course okay. he's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> Moving on. Jacob <laughs> Chikrin, he has not played since the 10th of February. It's been 18 days. Does he get dealt? Bohan yes, Bohan knows. Bohan yes, he has to. He hasn't played in 45 weeks. I mean, they have to move <laughs> right. him at this point. Or else it's a disaster. Uh-huh. There's too much egg on Arizona's face. And- for them not to move him at this point. Do you know that he, um, the amount of teams that are interested in him as well, the amount of teams range from uh, Edmonton, um, some of the teams that aren't playing great hockey, Anaheim, but Winnipeg's up there, Washington's up there, Carolina's up there. We'll get in Carolina in second as well. So he has to be moved. He, ha- You cannot sit somebody out for this amount of time as a healthy scratch in wanting him to get moved and not move him. Move him already. 
find a deal. I guarantee you there's been so many offers. Guarantee you there's been tons of That's offers That's why I think already. they're just waiting. I think Arizona's waiting for the last minute to look at the best one and go, and, you know, stick their finger, swirl yeah. it around and stick it on there and said, this is the one that we're going to pick. Yeah. So, but it's frustrating. It's frustrating, obviously, for the player and it's frustrating for everybody else involved as well. Now, we're going to get into some teams, not specific yes. players necessarily. So the only team of the top, we're going to call it the top six in the East because there is a separation now, a cream of the Eastern crop, three in the Metropolitan, three in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And the only team that hasn't made a big splash so far leading up to the trade deadline is Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Rangers have, Jersey has, Boston has, blah, blah, blah. So do the Carolina Hurricanes make a significant deal? I'm not talking about some AHL minor league transaction. Do they make, Ryan, do they make a significant deal ahead of the trade deadline? Bahan, yes, or Bahan, no? Bahan, yes, they absolutely do. And I've got a name in mind who I think that they will. Uh, all these other teams we've talked about in the East are making moves. Boston, the Rangers, um, Toronto, Tampa Bay, you name it. The Devils keep going on and on and on. So Carolina to me is like, okay, we have to do something, even though we're a very good hockey team. James Van Riemsdyk. James Van Riemsdyk yeah, has been linked to Carolina. He's been linked to a lot of teams. I think it makes a lot of sense for a team like that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a stamp on it. The Carolina Hurricanes will acquire JVR by the time the deadline hits on Friday, March 3rd at 3 Eastern. How I'm about bo- that? I am How about that for yes. Bohon Yes. <laughs> that was a very resounding Bohon Yes. Yes. I'm belt Bohon Yes as well. I'm not on you with JVR. Okay. Um, I think they're going to trade for Tyler Bertuzzi. Okay. I, I can think see that. I can I think see that back as well. On. I think okay. he's back on the block because mm-hmm. Detroit has, has fumbled a little bit. They have. And if they lose to Ottawa on Tuesday, I think it's hap- I think he's going to be moved for sure. And I think it's a very interesting fit. Bertuzzi, JVR, we will reconvene on Monday. I, we do I this want them to trade again. for yeah. Brock Besser, but they're not going to. No, no, but no. I'd no. like them to. Bohan yes, Bohan knows. Colorado makes a trade. Absolutely. They need a second line center. I know they're talking about a scoring forward, and I have my my I have my gentleman in, in mind as well. And he goes by the name of Max Domi. Max oh, Domi is interesting. Nazem Kadri light, super light. Okay, but he's he ha- he first of all he's on fire right now, and he I understand is. a lot of that has to do with playing with Patrick Kane. But he actually did score the other day without Patrick Kane, so I think he's on a heater. I think he would die to go to the Colorado Avalanche right Who now. Wouldn't? Who slide wouldn't? in, exactly. Slide in in that second line set. Again, he's not he's not Kadri, but he's Kadri light, and I think it's going to give Colorado some more options. And he's a UFA. He's a rental, so no harm, no foul. I will say Bahan, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Avalanche will make one. It doesn't matter how good you're playing. You need more assets as you try to defend that Stanley Cup that you won a season ago. And I got uh, another um, flyer, Kevin Hayes. I'm going to oh, throw Kevin Hayes. One. Kevin Hayes. Uh, price tag? It'll be you know, obviously more than Domi, whatever. So they're going to have to find a way to make it work at that third party involved. That's what I think. But I'm going to go with Kevin Hayes as going to be a member of the Colorado Avalanche. Are you writing these down or am I writing these down? Oh, gosh. I'll write them down now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hayes, and you said Max Domi. And I said Max Domi. And then for um, JVR was going to the Carolina Hurricanes for me. And you said, who did you say for? Going to the Tyler Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi. Okay, got it. I've already been starting to think about our next one. Me too. Edmonton. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Does Edmonton grab a player before the deadline? Bohon yes or Bohon nos? I think they have to. I think they have to. Bohon yes, because I don't want to see McDavid pout anymore. And you don't either. 
whether he talks about anything. So I'm going to say that they do. And Jacob Chikrin could be that type of player because you can talk, talk about the, it's been defensemen have been linked to going to Edmonton for a long time. Every team needs a defenseman, but I do think that he would be a good fit, a good asset in Edmonton. They do need that. A lot of the team is, the team's playing fine, but they're not playing great. But I think if they do that, then they may kind of not get over the hump, but it'll be good addition. So I will say Bohan, yes, and my guy is Jacob Chikrin. I'm you? also saying Bohan, yes, my guy is Matthias Ekholm. Oh. <laughs> okay. I like the reaction to that uh-huh. one. I don't know if that was an oh or an It was oh. either I may have forgotten, but that's an interesting one. Okay. <laughs> the reason, and the reason I like this move is because he still has a couple years, two or three years left on his contract. It's okay. two or three. And Edmonton's defensive woes don't need a fix for the next five minutes. They need a fix for the next couple of years. Right, right. So that's why so I you're think looking that one term. a little bit. I don't think yeah. they need a rental per se. Okay. And I know Chikrin isn't, isn't one either. So I, we're sort of on the same page there. I just, I wonder if the asking price for Chikrin is a little bit too much for the Oilers taste, but I do think they're going to pick. We're, we're obviously in agreement that everybody's everyone we've gone through is going to pick up a player. It's just specifically we yeah. are diverging. I'm glad we didn't plan this ahead of time because I like your answers. No, it's a lot of fun. That's <laughs> good. Uh, Bahan, yes, or Bahan, no. Oh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So, in in honor of Lonnie Bahanas, do they mm-hmm. grab do they grab a goaltender, Ryan? They've done everything else. Do they grab a goalie now or do they leave it be? Bahan knows. No. They do not grab a goaltender. Um, even though, even though, look, I'm a firm, I'm a believer in this, and I know I'm in the minority. I'll get it out right now. It drives me crazy when, for no real reason, it just does. I just feel like getting driven crazy sometimes. When people say, fans, whoever, oh, you know what? If so-and-so goes down the number one, then you don't have a capable backup to be to do what you need to have done in the postseason. I never agree with that. I know Shogren's played for Toronto last season. He did okay. Toronto, whatever, just throw that in. Wall's been great in the in the AHL. He's been fine. The Matt Murray issue, of course, is an issue. I believe from the even get-go, after the first month of this season before Murray got injured, I had Samsonov as being the number one in Toronto. So whether Murray is not capable or whether he does not find the complete health, I think Toronto will be just fine. Now, if Samsonov goes down, doesn't happen a lot with with teams when your one your one and your two go down, then maybe there'd be something with that. But to to your question, Boho knows I don't think they need to go and get a goalie, and I don't think they will. I'm gonna say Bohon yes because of this. Kyle Dubas is going all in. The chips are in the middle of the table. He's in the expiring year of his contract. It right. is make or break for him. Right. He has done everything up front. This to me, I compare this if you're if you're going to, you know, field a car in F1. All right. So <laughs> right. you 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 blow a wad on the chassis. Uh-huh. You get the dr- the best driver available. You get the best team manager available. You get the best team, you get the best tires. You invest in everything <laughs> and then you cheap out on the engine. And you don't even have great backups lying okay. around. Okay. That to me is how this looks. He's gone too far in. Dubas has gone too far in. I love Samsonov. He is unfortunately one human being. My okay. only fault with him is he's one guy. And if you have a rental available like Corpusalo out of the Colum- uh, out of Columbus, who is going to be a cheap rental in Columbus, probably not going to ask for a king's ransom in return. I don't know if you have any other choice, especially if Matt Murray is going to be on IR until the postseason. And right. then if he's healthy, fantastic. Now you have options. But if you're looking at Eric Schalgren, 
Oh boy, or our goalie who's been really yeah. great in the minors, yeah. but hasn't otherwise. So I'm just saying he's done everything else. Why do you want to pull up short now? Well said. Right. Uh, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to argue that it is. It is. And goaltenders, there's not a ton of them out there right now that will no, uh, they're looking to not. be moved. Right. So if you're able to, yeah, one more to go. Let's do one more. Same uh, same question. Mm-hmm. New Jersey, grab a goaltender. They're in the same position as Toronto. They're going all into. They're investing in their team, but they're also right now. I mean, Vanacek is basically all they have, unless you're yep. looking at. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Bohon? Yes or Bohon? No. So do they it's grab mo- one? Yeah, it's more of a yes for me with with New Jersey. Um, looking at some of the uh, Cam Talbot for whatever reason just comes to the top of my list. I know he's been hurt a lot, but he's a UFA at the season's end. He signed just that one year deal, so he's cheap. Not going to come with much health, though. That's an issue. He's been hurt for most of the season, all that type of stuff. So I'm going to say yes, Bohan, yes. And if I pick one, then I will go with Cam Talbot. I think that's an interesting choice because Cam Talbot also doesn't want to sign an extension with Ottawa, and he's made that clear. So it yeah. would be Ottawa's in Ottawa's best interest to move him. I think that's a very interesting marriage, to be honest. I was going to say Bohan, no, so I'll stick with it. Okay. I just think they have more faith in Akira Shmid than they should. That's okay. a criticism. <laughs> right, I was going to say, hold on a second. <laughs> well, Mackenzie Blackwood is hurt again, no, I know, and I know, he hasn't I been, know. and he hasn't been fantastic when he's been healthy. Yeah. So now they're looking at Makira Schmid. Just came out a wonderful performance the other the other day. I think they're hoping that Vanacek holds it together, which he has, to be fair. Right. And but it's the same thing to me as they're in the same boat as Toronto. You're just doing, you're making all this effort. You just picked up Timo Meyer, and now you just want to coast so, in on the shoulders right. of one guy. I find so, it tough. So you're you're basically say with the Devils and Toronto. If you are making these moves, then you need to make as many as possible for whatever position you can. If you're pushing your chips to the middle okay. of the table, all of them, and it's all a huge in? pile, okay. then you're Go all for in. It. All right. We shall see. Going to be fun. I wrote all these down. I'm going to frame them. I'm going to put them away <laughs> and make sure that we bring them out on Monday because that's going to be fun to see who in fact goes and who in fact stays. Bohon yes, Bohon no. See how I ended that? Like that? It was beautiful. Yeah, well, I Poetry. said it, you didn't, so. <laughs> uh, when we come back on Pucks and 7, we will take a look to the week to come and also Vic's Fantasy 7. Brian Payne, Victoria Matiash. Stay with us. Welcome back to Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Madiash. All right, so full disclosure, whether you liked it or not, Vic and I really enjoyed that last segment. <laughs> we had a lot of energy. Bohon yes, Bohon knows. Yeah, we had a lot of energy going. We're all fired up, so we're going to do it again. No, we're not. Uh, no, just kidding. We're not going to do it again. We're going to look ahead to the week to come, as we always do, and then end with Vic's Fantasy Seven. Uh, doing this Tuesday, so we can forget about the Monday. Uh, games and what we're actually going to do is see if McDavid would get 50 but of course he answered that and he was so happy about it too it just made Vic's day how happy he was Uh, Detroit we talked about Seattle as well big week for them this is a big week too Vic when it comes to the Red Wings they currently sit going into Tuesday three points out of that second wild card spot occupied by the Penguins still they won two in a row they lost however many they're hanging in and Buffalo just in front of them too but this is a big week for them Especially after they pooched it against Ottawa on Monday. That was not a loss he wanted to take. But they have the chance at redemption right 24 hours later on Tuesday. They've got Ottawa again. They also have Seattle this week. That's going to be an interesting one between two desperate teams for you know in different conferences, but still same philosophy. And then they have the Islanders, who have been a little more shaky of late as well, and also a team that they're chasing. 
So it's, I think this is a huge week for Detroit. And I think the next couple of games are going to be a huge week for Detroit management and whether they do decide to be last minute buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. So we're going to see how we, that we all have teams. Yeah. We have teams that we, that we, I mean, we focus in as many uh, of them as we can, but there's certain teams that we pull for. And this is one that I do. I, I, I pulled for Detroit all season. I pulled for Buffalo all season. And if it's not this season, I do think Buffalo and Detroit are kind of trending in the same direction, at the same pace, maybe Buffalo a little bit ahead of Detroit, but I like what they've done. I like the makeups of the team. But yeah, I mean, each of these games now coming up for them. But you're right. You make a great point about just getting right back on it against the same team that you lost 6-2 to two to. You know they're going to come out on fire tonight, and hopefully they do for them to get that to get that win. Uh, Billy, Huso is, Billy Huso in yes. net as well. So, I mean, yes. that's going to make a big difference. He has been much better of the goaltending tandem in Detroit these days. So, I think that gives them a boost as well. Also, we're looking at Tuesday night. The Kings are visiting the Jets in Winnipeg. This is, uh, we talked about it earlier, Nino Niederreiter's debut performance on a scoring line with Nikolai Ehlers. I think he is absolutely super pumped. Yeah. If you are of the gambling variety, I would think about a props bet that might involve some elements from that. That's <laughs> uh -huh. all I'm saying. Someone? Elements? But, uh, <laughs> elements that might involve some scoring from a certain new member of the Winnipeg Jets. But it was in very interesting. I think the Jets are going to be guns a-blazing in this altogether after Rick Bonus made his comments on the weekend after they didn't have uh, enough jam, let's say. Listen, there's days where uh, you let your assistants run the drills, and there's days that the only voice they should hear is the head coach's voice, and today is one of those days. I toned it down last night. Well, I was heated up, and I just certainly didn't want to come in and say the wrong thing. Because you can't, uh, listen... I don't need the media to motivate these guys. Let's put it that way. Um, I'll, I'll give you guys information that I share with the team. I didn't share much with them after the game. We talked more about it this morning. I'd rather address it this morning. So what we didn't like about last night was addressed with the team this morning. Yikes. I have uh, absolutely nothing wrong with with coaches, bonus, whoever it is kind of going out and, and saying something like that. I, I, I don't. This team, they've dropped, right? And so Perfetti, as you mentioned, is out. The stress level, maybe. that This is a stressful time here. So I have no problem. You have an issue with what Bonus said? No, because he didn't call out uh, specific no. places, uh, players personally. He didn't yeah. embarrass anybody. He was apparently, the reporters on scene were reporting that during the practice, you could hear him screaming. He oh, was yeah. just yelling. It was echoing uh, you know, off the rafters. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like, you know what? Coach is mad and coach is going to be mad. And the fact that he was so honest about not saying anything the day before, because he was so in insanely mad, <laughs> he I thought it would that. be best. I respect, I respect that too. That. He I had do. the patience to realize now was not the time. We all need to cool down when we come into these situations. But the thing is, the fact is Winnipeg is struggling right now. Yeah, they're they much better in the first half of the season in the last couple months, month and a half, at least they just haven't been the same. And there's only so much their star goaltender can do every night. So I think this is a big one. I think Kings, Jets is a big one and I think the Jets are going to come out strong especially after bonus said what he did publicly quick thought Bruins and the Flames Calgary is I mean Boston's oh yeah Boston's record away from home is ridiculous 22 6 and 2 and the record overall is completely insane which is what they do but the Calgary Flames you, you, you can't even go on a two-game losing skit, and that's what they're on right now because they're dropping back and back. Vic, I'm telling you, we talked about this already. The Flames are not making it. They're not making it in. They're not going to go on a heater. It is too, 
it is too destructive and too, I don't even know what the word is, unsettled. Maybe that. It's unsettled in Calgary, and I put the blame on a whole bunch of different parties involved, but we'll end it at that. But uh, this is a massive test for them, but I don't see them coming away with two points In their all. favor, Edmonton, mm-hmm. um, the Bruins played in Edmonton the night before. Okay, right. so they're they're moving about. I know it's not a huge trip, but they did play the night before and they beat Edmonton. The second part of it is, I don't know, Markstrom had a kid yesterday and he might be starting tonight, so he might be riding high. There's always, right. you, have to, you have to consider those intangibles. That don't I love your attitude. Affect. I love and, your attitude. You know what? I am rooting for this team. I can't help it. I know I'm you so are. so stubborn about this. <laughs> I just want to see the flames in the mix. I yeah. don't necessarily even need to see them in the postseason, but I want to see them challenge for it because I think they have the makeup. And almost. I'm a huge Nazem Kadri fan and I'm unabashed about that. So let's see. I do think I will say this. I think the flames have a shot against the Bruins just for the reasons that I just said. Okay. Okay. Well, a shot against the Bruins is one thing. A shot to get in the postseason is something completely different. So we shall see what happens. Okay. Let's move on to Wednesday. Leafs Oilers. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Any The reason why that I, I always am intrigued with this and it doesn't even matter if they're dead last in their respective divisions, but they're not. But Matthews, Big David, it is what it is. I always enjoy that, seeing whatever. And by the way, Austin Matthews, speaking of him just quickly, I know I wasn't going to talk too much about him, but with all the moves that the Leafs have made and all these types of things, do you think that Kyle Dubas is trying to also send a message, whether it's very vocal or just a tiny bit, to say to him, look, we're putting some pieces in place? Because his contract, I believe, is up after next season, right? And they want it, obviously, they want desperately to keep him. And even if Dubas doesn't get anything done, he's kind of putting some, I don't know, I just think maybe there's something involved in this too to show Matthews that we're trying to surround you, maybe for the first time in a short amount of time with a team that is is much better than it has been. I don't know, it just came to my mind. What do you it's think? not, that's not, especially if they can, if they can possibly re-sign O'Reilly to an extension, which right. I think is going to be difficult. Yeah, I yeah. think that, but also, the, yeah, having Jake McCabe for a couple more years too, yeah. their defense is cheap right now. They're paying Morgan Riley and they're not paying anybody else. Yeah. So they actually do have a little bit of a window. It is always fun when you see McDavid and you see Austin Matthews. I just wish they were a little bit more candid about it with the press instead of just saying, <laughs> I respect everything the other players yeah. doing. They're one of the best players in the league. Snore, 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 snore. Yeah. But Wake we're going to get, Wake me up. we're going to get the same thing again. Also, uh, another banger, Devil's are in Colorado to play the Avalanche. We just talked about the upswing the Avalanche is on right now. And Devils, we're going to see Timo Meyer on Wednesday. Probably, I'm assuming he's going to make his Devils debut yep. alongside Nick, uh, Nico Heischer. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Six straight wins by the Avs. The Devils' third best record in the entire league at 39-15-5. Let's move to Thursday, Dallas and Chicago. We talked about this just before we came on in this segment. This is a huge week. Any games big for the Dallas Stars because they just don't seem to be. They're three wins, three three regulation wins in their last ten. And remember how great they were to start. Yeah, and we're yeah. Like, wow, they're yep. steamrolling everybody, and yep. they're not steamrolling anybody anymore. And they're no. losing a lot of close games too. So this is a big one. Patrick Kane, I'm going to guess, is going to be traded by the by the time that this game is played. So that I think there's going to be a bit of an exhale in Chicago. Max sure. Domi could be moved as well. Mm-hmm. This is must win for yep. Dallas. There is absolutely no excuse. A bit of a rivalry too, even though one team is so much better than the other. I still think they care. You look at the losses too. Tampa, Boston, Minnesota, Columbus, Chicago. They beat Vegas, then they fell to Vancouver 5-4 in overtime. The last game for the Dallas Stars. That is not good. Uh, Friday, Devils... And the Knights, 
Well, we're all about the Devils. They're yep. going to be on their uh, their West Coast swing. Yep. Again, Timo Meyer. It's so it's actually very convenient. They get to go out west, and Timo Meyer, long long time San Jose Shark, is familiar with everybody. He's going to be like, hey right. guys, hey guys, hey guys, <laughs> hey guys, which is yeah. a benefit, I think. Sure, it is. I agree. Right. He's going to be much more comfortable with the competition than much his, more relaxed. Yeah. Right. With his new teammates. Yep. So, and again, Vegas is on an upswing now too. They're playing yep. a lot better, and uh, they're going to have uh, Barbashev as well, and uh, it's going to be interesting. It's a week of these games where a lot of debuts of the new teams. It's fun. Are, I it really is. enjoy it. And this is before the deadline. We're not even at, well, we're at Friday now when we're coming to these games, but we're not even at the deadline yet when we do this podcast. Uh, what about Saturday? Who, what, uh, what, what do we have on the oh, on like, top we, of that? Okay, the marquee matchup is Rangers-Bruins. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That could be a preview of the Eastern Conference Final, first of all. Also, again, we're still banking on Patrick Kane landing in the Big Apple at some point, and the trade deadline is passed at this stage. Yes. So he there or he not. <laughs> That's right. <it. laughs> so we're either watching him play the Bruins. Yeah. I just think, and I think it, that is in Boston as well. I think that's just going to be a lot of fun. I'm. I don't care what I'm doing this weekend. You're watching I am making that. time. Oh, yeah. from from beginning to end. Yeah, it's, I and think I think it's you should. Be great. I think you should. Calgary as well. You see where they're going to be at by the time Saturday hits. That's big. And Minnesota also. If you look at the standings, Minnesota, they're just hanging around, and you know, six wins in the last ten. Fine. They just haven't impressed me. But yet at the same time, they're in that third spot in that central. They're only two points or three points out of first. They just do enough. They just do enough, but But maybe that's enough. I I don't know. I don't know. Carry on. Sunday, uh, you talked about Rangers Bruins. What about this? Lightning Canes. Wow. That could also be. uh, That could be another preview of the Eastern Conference Final. Again, there's the the three elite teams in each division. I don't think anybody's arguing with me about that. And here's, again, a pair of them. And to have that marquee matchup on the Sunday, you usually get a mixed bag. You do contests you on do. Sundays. It's yeah. a it's a bit of a stranger day of the week schedule wise, but this is uh this is must must watch for sure. When we reconvene Monday, uh, we'll look back to these games, take a look at where these teams are going in to this week, and also starting next week, of course, and seeing how many of these players have made impacts, immediate ones, for their respective new teams. All right, Fantasy Seven, close the show. We're going to whip through these really quickly, and it's going to be the Trade Week Fantasy 7 special. Okay, this isn't a trade, but Ron Johansson is hurt. He's out long-term yep. for the Nashville Predators. Tommy Novak is now the first-line center for the Nashville Predators, and he is producing. He's scoring up a storm. Maybe you haven't heard of Tommy Novak. Nobody in ESPN.com Fantasy Universe has either, so you might as well pick him up and reap the rewards. Uh, Tanner Janot. Ex-Predator. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like him a lot. I, we talked about it earlier. He yep. hasn't scored with Nashville this year. He's going to score with Tampa Bay. Oh, he will. Oh, he will. Um, just to make a point. Same thing. This is a whole <laughs> right. Fresh Faces, New Places segment. Nino Niederreiter is going to put up a whack of points, especially in the first three weeks within Winnipeg. You can absolutely bank on it. He's available in two-thirds of ESPN.com standard leagues. Pick him up. I love the Gurianoff redemption tour with Montreal. We talked about that a little earlier. He's playing with Nick Suzuki. Like, it, yeah, it, a whirl. It's, it's interesting how a lot of these players that you're just talking about, even the ones we mentioned that aren't in the fantasy seven, it's the, the word redemption kind of, okay, now get the fresh start kind of thing. Uh, I like that. And it's intriguing going forward. What other players are going to be dealt that have that same category, if you will, attached to them. Absolutely. Now here's to way outside. Way off the board. All right. Way, but also their new faces in new places. Mm-hmm. Zetterland, yep. San Jose. 
Yep. One of the pieces that was supposed to be better with New Jersey and never was. Mm-hmm. And now he's been moved in the Timo Meyer trade. And nobody's playing for San Jose right now. No. Nobody. So he actually might slide in alongside Hurdle, which would be quite a position to get. He should. I yeah. mean, you're going to have an opportunity there. So he's one to watch, especially especially in daily fantasy play. Same thing, Kasperi Kapanen was waived by the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think he really wants to raise a middle finger to that organization and say, listen, you made a big mistake by putting me on waivers and giving me away for nothing. And yeah. he's playing on the top line with Robert Thomas and Buchnevich. It seems like to me with him, he's one of those enigmas i just i get him but i don't and he has spurts and flashes of this but then he's not and then he's put on the fourth line he's benched a whole bunch of different things it just uh, but you know the talent is there you know he's one of the fastest guys in the oh league. i was just gonna say he's two things right now uh, Ryan. he's fast yeah and he's mad right now Watch he's out. mad so fast and angry it's a pretty lethal com- uh, combination yeah it is i don't like to be fast and mad sometimes you <laughs> do you <laughs> I'm only one. I'm never the other. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if you're mad, just extend it. Be really uh, slow. And I'm let mad it and slow. <laughs> we're just kidding. <laughs> All right. We're out of time. That's been fun. Again, the deadline comes up on Friday. We'll reconvene next week and we'll break it all down and see who's playing who. We'll see if our predictions too came true in the Bahan yes and the Bahan no's. <laughs> never, it it's never fails. Never fails. It's a, Pavlovian, it's a Pavlovian response. Every time <laughs> right. you say it, I have to laugh. Yeah, I know. And I've heard it so many times. And when <laughs> I edit this, I'll hear it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on Twitter at Ryan M. Payton at Victoria Mattyash. And you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just Google us and you will find out where. On behalf of Vic, I'm Ryan. We will talk next week. This has been Pucks in 7, available on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts.